on the screen. Yourselves. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another. Therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people praise him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please stand? Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. 
Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our, your, our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is the word of God. Thanks be to yeah, this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise. Yeah. Please be seated. Good morning. Right. Yesterday, um, oh, let me pray first, please. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you uh, for your presence here, and I thank you for your word. Um, Holy Spirit, be among us. Señor Jesús, te pido que bendigas esta palabra y que tu espíritu esté en medio nuestro. En el nombre de Cristo Jesús, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Yesterday we received the first Christmas card and um, this is our very good friend and he said, um, you know, we wish you all a very good Christmas and maybe this, the year that we all learn how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Um, the land of wilderness, the voice in the wilderness. The dictionary defines wilderness and as an uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region, a neglected or abandoned area. A few weeks ago, I, I sent a message to some of my friends here in, in church and people abroad, and I said, um, I told them I was preparing a talk about wilderness, and I wanted to open a huge umbrella of ideas and see what people had in mind when I mentioned the word wilderness. Well, I have to say the result was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. So diverse, so personal in some cases. Thank you very much. Um, then I divided these opinions into three different columns. I said positive ideas about wilderness, negative ideas about wilderness, and in-between ideas. And I read all of them. It was a huge thing. And I think wilderness is, was, is all of them together. We read in Matthew that John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea next to the River Jordan. A voice in the wilderness. A voice crying in the desert, repent, prepare the way of the Lord. Wilderness is mentioned in the Bible many times and is associated with important events. For instance, Jacob wrestling with God, Moses meeting the angel of the Lord who appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Elisha was in the wilderness when he was able to hear the whisper of God. 
Hagar, the servant of Sarah. I will come back to Hagar later on. And Jesus himself. All of them had unique experiences in the, in the wilderness. When I think from, um, from wilder, of wilderness from a spiritual point of view, I would say that wilderness is a place of transformation. Whatever shape you are in when you enter the wilderness, you will come out of the place changed. We will not be this, you will not be the same person. Wilderness takes us through a journey, a journey of transformation. Wilderness is a place where we meet with God. It's a one-to-one experience. Some of you shared the thought that the wilderness was beautiful, but not a place to be on your own. Some people said it's a nice, open place, quiet place, special place, but not to be there forever, always to be able to come back to normal life. For others, wilderness is frightening, scary, a place where one feels vulnerable, no shelter, desolation, loneliness, dry, no people. So why is wilderness generally a place where we meet with God? God often takes his people to the wilderness to show them his perspective that blooms into deeper faith. Perspective is the key to trusting God and so often that clarity we need to see things from God's perspective, to align ourselves to his will comes from the wilderness experiences. Wilderness is a place where you cannot stay alive without the intervention of God. You know, sometimes in people, you, you talk to people and you mention God, and sometimes they, they think God is like a vitamin or a supplement. And the Holy Spirit is something that to add to feel good and make sense of things. But the truth is, ultimately, all things go dry and all bread goes, goes mouldy. Except, except the voice in the wilderness. Let's think, let's think of somebody, an example, you know. This person goes to school, you know, graduates, good grades, excellent job, great family, opportunity, money, you know, good uh, financial uh, position, goes to church, is involved. But then something happens and this person loses the financial position, loses marriage, health, future is cloudy. And until now, maybe this person thought that money was just a thing in the life, but now realized that, the main, that it was the main thing because now experiences a lot of emotional collapse, cannot relate to people, making commitments have become difficult, you have dark thoughts about yourself, experiencing major identity meltdown. Now feels empty. And this sometimes is the door to wilderness, emptiness. We suffer a loss, a massive loss that destroys our present and our planned future. The wilderness also begins and could be a very mysterious experience. Suddenly you are in a place and you say, well, come on, I'm not supposed to be here to go through this. It was not supposed to be this way. And then silence, a huge silence. Nothing makes sense. 
But good news, God's silence could be part of the rescue. It is painful, but it could be part of the rescue. We are deprived of every kind of noise because in the wilderness we learn how to listen to God's voice. The voice in the wilderness. We may hear all the voices around. However, we need to tune in to the only one that will take us out of the wilderness. My daughter has um, had a friend in primary school and who was a little bit of a genius. And I had a conversation once with her mom and the mom told me that they went to Leeds Castle. You know, there's a, the, the maze in Leeds Castle, next to Leeds Castle. And the, the daughter, um, before they went to Leeds Castle, she had a look at the map and how the, you know, the maze was. So when she went to the maze, she just entered and she had the map in her mind and she just walked around and that was it. She was seven years old. So the the mom, when that happened, the mom said, this girl is a little bit special. And for me, wow, I thought this is a wow thing considering that I would get lost in the maze with the map in my hand. (laughs) See, in the wilderness, it's so important to learn how to listen to God's voice. Because you know what? He has the map. And he can guide us through it. I love that some of you thought that wilderness is as an opportunity to hear God and to feel the tangible glory of God. This is what somebody said sent to me. Others said wilderness is challenging, working out. Wilderness is a place of stillness that invites us to pray, contemplate. It's a place to allow intimacy with God God wants to teach us to hold also a space for the unknowable when we embrace his mystery and majesty. Because, you know, we tend to struggle with the mystery of God and things that we don't know. Because we want to know. We want to understand. We want to predict. We want to contain. But, you know, God cannot be contained. We cannot make him small and manageable. You know, there is a restaurant in London, I don't know if you've heard it, where the waitress are blind and the diners eat in the dark. It's an interesting experience. A friend of mine went there and she told me how the other senses woke up. A listening, smell, tasting skills. Went to high alert trying to make sense of the environment. And this is exactly what happened in the wilderness. C.S. Lewis says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. So how do we hear his voice? I recently read a book um, by Pete Craig, How to Hear God, a Simple Guide for Normal People. And I really recommend the book. And one of the things that Pete said in his books, he said, Jesus is what God sounds like. Shall I say it again? Jesus is what God sounds like. He is literally the living word of God. Hearing his voice is not so much a skill we must master, therefore a master we meet. 
So how do we meet him? Let me tell you that the wilderness is the best place to meet him. It's a one-to-one because he really knows us. And obviously, as Christians, we know that we hear from God through his word. The Bible is the language of his heart. If you are in the wilderness now, read the Psalms. Lots of them were written when David was in the wilderness. Read Philippians. Do a Bible study about the topic that is really pressing you. We hear God through worship and meditation, listening to songs. You know, English is my second language. And sometimes when I, when I listen to songs, I don't really get all the words. You know, so I have to print out the, the words and, and I read them as poems. We read, um, Anthea read um, Romans this morning and there is a verse that it says, For whatever was written in former days for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. My mom was diagnosed with cancer when she was in 2012. She died in 2013, a year later. She was a widow. She was living on her own. And she told me that there were nights that she could not sleep. Not because of pain, because that was at the beginning when the treatment started. And, and she knew the end was near anyway. And she was bombarded by negative thoughts, which were ready to take over. But she always did the same thing. And what did she do? She sang. She would say, you know, in the beginning, the songs, you know, will be a little bit mixed with tears. Rusty start. But after three songs, the mood will change and she will end up being part of a bigger choir. It was not a solo anymore. And she could sleep. Somebody from this church says, God is always present. It is not about the environment that determines this presence. Exactly. We need to lift our eyes from the environment. And worship is a powerful tool that elevates our soul and places it in the right place. When we are in the wilderness, there are other voices as well that, that we come with stuff and baggage and it's heavy at times. But Jesus says, I am the truth. The nearer we get to him, the lighter things become. A few weeks ago, uh, Neil's brother-in-law, Noel, Noel Patton, is that pronunciation? Yeah. Spoke to us and he said something very interesting. He, he spoke about counseling. And he said, the whole principle of counseling is to identify the lies that we have, spoke, we have been spoken into our lives and replace them with the truth. Yes, counseling does that and counseling is important. But sometimes God speaks in a real way. And I had a very tangible experience that I would like to share. In February 2001, John and I, we had a stillborn baby at 36 weeks of pregnancy. And we named our boy Gabriel. I was quite lost in, the, in my wilderness. And I was saying, this was not 
supposed to be this way. Why? This was not supposed to be this way. And one morning, very early, around 5 a.m., I couldn't sleep. It was winter. I went downstairs. I sat down and I started writing a poem. Now, I have to confess something. I'm not a person that writes poems. Yeah? So this was something that took me by surprise. And I started writing a poem. And it was a dialogue between me and God. And God spoke to me about refraction. I said, well, you know, refraction, when you, for instance, when you put in a water and you put a pencil inside the water, if you look, you think the pencil is broken. Yeah, this is the, an experiment that they do in school. The pencil in the water seems broken. Your eyes will tell you that the pencil is broken. If you take a picture of it, it will seem broken. But when you get the pencil out of the water, the water is not broken. Gabriel, Priscilla, your son, seemed dead. You saw him dead. You never heard him breathing. He never cried. He never moved. He never opened his eyes. He, you never heard him. They told you that he was dead. He was dead. And everything tells you that he had no life. Yes, my dear, death is horrible. It blinds you. It is abrupt. abrupt. It's cruel. But I have overcome death. And I'm telling you something, Priscilla, the pencil is not broken. And Gabriel is alive. And if you still have not heard his voice, the voice in the wilderness, the Bible says that one of God's names is El Roy, the God who sees me. And to finish, please allow me to tell you about Hagar in the wilderness and her wilderness experience. The story of Hagar is in Genesis chapter 16, and it is a shocking story. Hagar was an Egyptian slave. Sarai, Abraham's wife, her owner, could not have children. I did not trust God enough to wait. So Hagar is used to bear a child for Sarai. The story becomes increasingly ugly. And when Hagar conceives a child, the relationship between Hagar and Sarai became unsustainable. And Hagar ended up in the wilderness. It says that the angel of the Lord spoke to her and asked two questions. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? This is not if God didn't know the answer. Sometimes it takes us hearing his questions to face not, not only our situation, but to discover the truth that knows goes all about it. And, he repl- and Hagar replies by telling the truth. And God's answer came with a promise, but also was harsh. Because he sent her back to Sarai's house. Sometimes it seems like God may not lift us out of our circumstances. Instead, he gave us the strength to face them. After the angel of the Lord spoke, Hagar said, to, said you are El Roy, the God who sees me. 
And for me, this is a jewel in the wilderness. Even if you don't hear God, even if you find it, you have found it hard, hard, rest assured that He is still El Roy, the God who sees you. Perhaps He's asking you, inviting you to a dialogue. To work. He's asking you questions, like He did to Hagar: Where are you? Who are you? What happened to you? What are you saying to yourself? What have they told you about me? Are you angry? Are you sad? Where are you going? If you are in the wilderness now, please do not despair. At this time, your world may seem exactly upside down, without too much sense, purpose, lonely, painful. The people surrounding Jesus' death were also thinking, this was not supposed to be this way. This situation is not like that. And from our side of the story, we know that this was supposed to happen. But that day was difficult for Jesus' family, disciples, and friends. Jesus was being crucified, and that was it, the end, hopeless. Sadness took center stage. Everything spinning out of control. Little they know at that time that the crucifixion was the moment of sublime perfection when God was very much in control. If you are going through and it was not supposed to be this way time, just for now, hold on to the truth. He is El Roy, the God who sees you. God is good. God is good to you. And God is very good at being God. God's plans don't have to match our plans for them to still be good. There are moments in our story when things seem to be spinning out of control. But perhaps those very moments are moments of sublime perfection in his story when God is very much in control in your life. You are in the palm of his hands and your name is written on his palm. The voice in the wilderness. Jesus is what God sounds like. We're going to see, to listen to a song now, and I pray it blesses you in your wilderness. Bless you.
Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, and Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. to continue with our intercessions now developing what Priscilla has revealed and shared with us Lord your name is power your name is healing 
your name is life. And we declare life over this, your united kingdom, that nothing would disturb the peace, the prosperity, and your presence in this land. Give our leaders, we pray for his majesty, the king's government, that though the prime minister and cabinet ministers may not know you, they will be guided by your Holy Spirit to walk in the ways of peace, of equity, of justice, compassion, and of wisdom. That we, your people, might enjoy prosperity and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Breathe life over your church. May it rise from the ruins. May it rise from its decline. Resurgent, refreshed, restored. Again, holding up a banner for the country. Lord, we are the church. Revive your church. So that we are equipped as we go out from this place to take the good news to our offices, our schools, our colleges, our surgeries, our shops, wherever we find ourselves. That we might carry your presence into the wilderness of daily life for so many. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. We remember all those who suffer in body, mind, and spirit today. And can I invite you to name out aloud those known to you to need God's touch today. Sid and Alwyn. Brian Rowley. Keith. Norman. Barbara. Your name is healing. So, Lord, we declare over your people, the ones we've named, and even ourselves, if we need healing, we declare your healing, your peace, your restoration. Lord, in your mercy. Your name, Lord, is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Guide us, Lord, to hear your voice. That every day, every night, we would hear your voice and respond to it. That we might walk in the ways that you have set before us and not in ours. That your kingdom may come on earth through us and our obedience to your voice. Merciful Father, 